0: Everybody, You have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh, and we have reached the fourth and final week of the preseason. Thank the good Lord that we've made it, because my goodness, preseason football is awful, but it's a necessary evil, boys and girls, and we're almost through it as the Steelers will play in Carolina tomorrow night, Thursday night. Um, against the Panthers, and uh, we'll we'll get into that. But uh, what we want to do is uh, start giving you our projections for the 53-man roster that will be coming uh, on August 31st uh, by 4 p.m. And and some teams, as you've seen, have already gotten a jump on it a little bit. The Dolphins have been doing some things and, and a few others. But uh, uh, with me tonight to uh, discuss all things Steelers-related is uh, Ben uh, on one coast, And coming to you from the Steel City is Ian. Ian, how are things there in beautiful Pittsburgh, PA? It's been beautiful. It's been like fall
1: weather here all week long. It's been awesome. Uh, High school football kicked off last week. I'm going to a game Friday night. It's going to be great.
0: And, and real quick, uh, uh, Ian and uh, one of our new guys, Brentaro, um, doing some awesome job with uh, for uh, all you high school football fans there in Western PA. So make sure you're checking that coverage out at steelcityblitz.com, too. And uh, Ben, are, are you okay out there? Did it was at 97 degrees yesterday? Yeah, it was 97 today, too. 97, and of course, that's the no humidity, right? Nope my goodness my no goodness. humidity nice be. and i mean you uh, know
2: low humidity it's like it's like 20 yeah. percent humidity sure, you can't sure. even
0: notice it that's uh yeah that's that's terrific and uh i i don't know it's i love summer but I, i'm always excited for fall as well and uh it is definitely as ian said here in the east it is definitely starting to feel a little bit more like football weather and of course i just this jinxed it, it'll probably be 95 for opening weekend of the NFL. Uh, anyway, guys, um, let's just jump right into this. That's what the people are here to listen to. Um, let's start on offense. Let's start with the quarterbacks. This has been kind of a unique season because you know we we've had um the backup kind of fighting for his position against the up and comer and and then of course you've got this this camp arm who's come in and done a very nice job um so Ian obviously Ben Roethlisberger, he is what he is we'll just set him aside and um where are you right now when it comes to Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs
1: I mean I think barring a trade, they're both absolutely going to make the roster. Um, I don't see any way that they don't both make the roster at this point in time, um, unless one of them gets traded. I think Rudolph is your number two. I think he's proven not only he can get a team in and out of a huddle, but he can get them up and down the field with his arm. Um, He's missed some throws, granted, Mm -hmm. uh, but so has Dobbs. Dobbs, my Biggest complaint with him, even going back to college, it's why he, you know, dropped to the third day in the draft. He has no touch on any of his throws. If he can stand back there and sling it downfield, he can make good throws. Um, but he has no touch throws, which you know, the last preseason game when I was sitting there. Or actually it might have been the Kansas City game. I was sitting there watching mm-hmm. it and, you know, Dobbs threw a great ball to get the Steelers down inside the five yard line. I was kinda like, Well, if they pass here, they're screwed because he can't put touch on a pass like <laughs> within five yards of the line of scrimmage and he threw an interception on the next play. Um, so you know, Dobbs kinda is what he is, but at the same yeah. time he does give you that ability that he can scramble out and run with the ball and pick up some big yards, um, and you know, convert. Uh, long third downs that way so you know and if ben and rudolph were to both go down then obviously the line is probably having some issues too so you may need someone back there who can scramble around a little bit i don't think there's any way the steelers keep only two quarterbacks i think all three are pretty much definitely Mm -hmm. making the roster and rudolph's going to be the number two
0: yeah, I I I'm tending to lean that way as well. Um Ben obviously I'll I'll get yours too, but uh, the the other question I'm going to ask you is um has Dobbs reached a ceiling now? I mean, is he at a, at a point where he's really not going to improve much uh, as an NFL quarterback? Uh probably not. He's
2: still a young player, you know. Mm-hmm. He can he can still improve. Um he can improve his decision making. Uh, he can improve his anticipation, you know, when he throws. So it's not like he's not going to improve from here. I, where mm-hmm. I don't think he's likely to improve is his accuracy, and his accuracy, frankly, is not very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter. I mean, Ian thinks that he he's a pretty good passer if he can throw the ball along, I do not think he's a good passer when he throws the ball long. He underthrows people. He overthrows people. Uh, he overthrew a six eight guy last week.
0: <laughs> he did. How do
2: you overthrow a guy who's six eight? You know, he. I don't. I do not understand the fascination with Dobbs as a quarterback. To be perfectly frank, um, he he can move real, real well in the pocket. He's obviously really real a smart guy. He's a high character guy. He's super likable, but that doesn't make him a great quarterback. Uh, right. So I, you know, and and his his short intermediate passes are absolutely horrible. I mean, they're terrible. You know who. What NFL quarterback can't throw an intermediate crosser? I mean, that, that should be an elementary pass that everybody can hit, and Josh Dobbs can't do it. That's where he throws picks. I don't get it. Um, I'm not saying the guy sucks. I still right. think he's going to beat out Hodges, which I don't, you know. Yeah. You, you want to keep Hodges around, but you, you look at the quality of the players and you just go, well, sorry. Sorry. Devlin, there's not room for you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're going to keep a fourth quarterback on the the practice squad either. I know a lot of people do because he's a quality player, yada, yada, yada. But there are Mm -hmm. only so many reps during a practice in an NFL season, and it's because of the CBA, the way it's written out, the limitations those guys have. The starter gets most of the reps. The third-team guy right now doesn't get hardly any reps. And a fourth-team guy, he's not going to get any. He's going to stand around. So why keep a quarterback that you can't work with? That doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, and and there's a big difference, too. And somebody said this to me, and I was trying to clarify it. Um, You know, getting reps as a quarterback, when we say that, we're talking about actually lining up running plays, things like that. I mean, guys can go out and work with receivers anytime they want to at the facility. I mean, that's fine. But that's not getting reps, per se. That's also Um, not getting coaching. Well, that true. That too. I, I mean it's it's yeah, you know, a number four guy, a number three guy, they, they can throw as many balls as they want to. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're not getting the coaching and you're not really getting any true realistic reps. So I, I tend to agree. I don't see any way they keep four. Um I I Dobbs definitely gives you more of a security blanket than Hodges, uh, I, I think. Although still to this, this day, every time Dobbs gets ready to throw the ball, I cringe. Um, just Just because of what both of you guys said as far as the accuracy stuff. But I I will agree and and go with those three. Um, Obviously, Ben and Rudolph and then Dobbs probably not getting a helmet on game day. Um, Running backs. Um, Ian, do we stay with the typical Mike Tomlin pattern here? Go three running backs and a fullback? And uh, if so, who do you got?
1: Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. I do think, um, the distribution of work may be a little bit different this year, but it's going to be James Conner, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, and then Roosevelt Knicks. Um, I think they do want to somewhat limit Connor's carries. I mean, he's still going to be the the feature back. Um, sure. uh, but I think they want to work Samuels and Snell both into the lineup a little bit more. I think Snell will get some more of the short yardage carries. Um, and Samuels will get some more of the third down work as long as his blocking improves. Uh, Actually, you know, throughout the preseason, we all knew that Benny Snell could run the ball based on what he did through a tough Mm -hmm. SEC schedule at Kentucky. Um, But I've actually thought his running has been sort of the least impressive part of his game. Um, I've been most impressed with actually his receiving abilities, uh, his ability to pick up blitzers, which is huge for young running backs that not all those guys have that sort of tenacity to do that or the ability to actually stay in there with blitz blitzing linebackers or blitzing corners and safeties. Um, and Snell's shown that he can do that. So he seems like he's got the little parts of his game. He's also shown up very well on special teams, getting downfield and making tackles. So, um, you know, special teams picking up blitzers and, you know, catching a couple of balls out of the backfield have been what jumped out to me the most. uh, But he also hasn't been able to run behind the first string offensive line. So that also may make a bit of a difference, Mm -hmm. you know, when he's able to do that. Um, But I I think, you know, throughout the season, if they're able to preserve James Conner a little bit, keep him healthy. So he's not, you know, getting 30 touches a game. And and, and touches is the key here because it's not just, you know, rushes. It's rushes plus receptions because you're getting hit all the time. And, you know, actually receptions sometimes you're standing still and getting hit instead of, you know, running forward into a hit where you can control your body a little bit more, you're getting hit from behind. So um but yeah I think I think all all four of them make the team and they're all gonna get a variety of work this season.
0: Yeah, and and I think uh they they've been also obviously we know about Nix's prowess on special teams, but um Snell has made some really nice plays on special teams too and, and we know Jalen Samuels can as well. Uh Ben, I, I'm gonna assume you're gonna go in that same direction there at running back yeah, I I don't think I think it's pretty cut and dried. It's those yeah.
2: 3 and that is what it is and I don't necessarily believe that they are going in with a hard and fast plan at running back. I think mm-hmm. there are some things they want to do with Samuels as uh I don't want to use the term scat back, but as a as a pass catching back, as a back who runs outside the tackles more so than a guy who runs between them. Uh, I agree with Ian. Benny Snell will probably get more duty, both in short yardage and late in games as a closer. And you know they'll they'll do what they've always done though, in so much as I think they'll stick with a hot hand. If uh, Samuel's goes in and he's having a great game, they're going to leave him in. They're they're just going to keep riding him. That's that's what Tomlin does. Right. If uh, if Connor's having a great game, they're not going to pull him. They, they they don't do that until the guy says, "Hey, I need a blow." So, I I don't necessarily think they're going to have a hard and fast plan at running back to do to have a structured set of of a uh, mm-hmm. pitch count. You know, yeah, nothing
0: concrete. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't I don't see a pitch count being part of the game plan on a weekly basis. I think they're going to go in and they're going to go. Well, you know, we'll just kind of we'll run these and. And, you know, whoever the hot hand is, that's who we're going to roll with until we decide to, to
0: change the direction a little bit. Ben, real quick, do you think that. I generally agree with that. Yeah, go ahead of you.
1: Oh, I was just going to say the only thing yeah. I think that may be a little different this year is that we may actually see some, I'll call it, pony backfield with both Connor and Samuels um, on the field at the same time because then you have two guys that you could potentially move either one of them to the slot if you needed to or, you mm-hmm. know, run the ball with either one of them as well. I think yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, if, if exactly where trying, I was going, yep. if they're trying to sell a run play, and they've got a pony backfield, they're not going to move Connor into the slot Um, because that basically that unless they're spread out, if they're spread along along the offensive line and along, you know, the formation, then yeah, they'll do it. But you're not trying to sell Samuels as a guy who's going to carry the ball between the tackles because he's not good at it. Um, If he does do that, it's going to be off tackle and it's going to be on a counter where he's got a lead blocker or two in front of him. And he's all he's got to do is get a one-on-one versus like a safety or a cornerback. And they do that, and they've, they've executed it quite well so far in the preseason. I'd like to see him do it in the regular season too. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think there are going to be some interesting things this year. Uh, I don't think this offense is in trouble, which a lot no. of people, especially Browns fans, seem to relish the thought that this offense is in big trouble Oh my God! And then some Steelers fans believe it too, which I don't oh, yeah. get. You know, uh, news flash: Le'Veon Bell didn't play for the Steelers last season. His loss means nothing at this nothing. point. Antonio Brown, yeah, that definitely is a loss. But from a depth standpoint, the wide receiver room is better this year than it was last. But we'll we'll get to all that.
0: Yeah, we definitely will. Um, Ian uh, speaking. Segway. Perfect segue of the. Uh, I was doing my best to screw it up too. Uh, the wide receiver room. Uh, I mean, look, we we know Juju's there, uh, Dante Moncrief, and 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 who who else fills in there? And I'm gonna I'm gonna assume uh, that you're gonna go with the uh, six wide receivers. So I'm actually going to start
1: with five. Um, okay. Juju Moncrief, um, James Washington, Deontay Johnson are absolute locks. I think considering that Ryan Switzer saw all pretty much all the first mm-hmm. team kick returns mm-hmm. in the third preseason game, he's more or less a lock uh, to make the team as well. So those five, I am essentially certain of that they're going to make the team. Um, Eli Rogers, I think he makes the team, but I'm not 100% certain that it's him. Um, right. I mean, Johnny Holton and Deontay Spencer have both shown flashes in the preseason. Granted, yeah. neither of them have actually you know, gotten the level of work with the starters. Um, they've primarily been out there against backups. We all remember how good guys like Drew Archer and Chris Rainey looked in the preseason when they were playing against <laughs> backups and then couldn't do anything against starters. So... You know, I kind of try and take those guys with a grain of salt. I think Eli Rogers has the advantage of having that rapport with Ben, having that knowledge of the offense and how it works. So if they keep six wide receivers, I think Eli Rogers is the guy. Um, but I'm not 100% sold that they're going to keep six wide receivers, and we can get into that a little bit more later.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Am. well, then get into it now, Ben. I
2: I, I look at their depth at receiver overall and I'm talking about the tight ends and the receivers the tight end group is not good it just isn't no. and uh, i mean past Vance McDonald they stink so you're going to run a lot of multiple wide receiver sets you're going to need to have depth in that group um i think they keep six i would prefer a different type a different build of wide receiver than Rodgers but Right now, looking at that group, Rogers is the sixth wide receiver. You might even be fifth. And I'm not going to get into the whole. There seems to be this battle on Twitter over who's better, Switzer or Rogers. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? I mean, seriously, you guys are spending time arguing about who the who's better, the fifth or sixth wide receiver. Who cares? Neither one of them are going to see a lot of snaps on offense. Newsflash. (laughs)
0: It's like battling over who's the better bullpen catcher. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like
1: the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each yeah. other.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I agree, uh, Ian, that, that when Switzer was back on both kick and punt returns last week, that solidified it for me. Um, you know and Eli Rogers, you know he's had his moments in the so-called Tomlin doghouse he's had some positive moments um but but i i i think that's where he's going i think he's going to be in that sixth spot um you know Holton is an interesting guy Deontay Spencer has looked good at times returning punts but his receiving has been sucks uh, yeah I'm so not a I, fan I, no so that's why i'm i'm leaning towards uh, Rogers as well um Ray Griffey and, has done some
2: nice things during the preseason, but I don't in, see yeah. him. I don't yeah. see him pushing Rodgers out. I I'd, I'd like to see a guy like I said with a different build. I'd Like to see a guy yeah. who could play outside, be that sixth wide receiver. But it just doesn't look like that's going to happen.
0: No, I and that's that's what no, I'm resigned to. Uh, same way, Ian.
1: I was just gonna say. I mean, Tevin Jones kind of came in with a lot of hype um, at the start of the yeah. preseason in training camp, but he really hasn't done a whole lot uh, during actual right. preseason game so far.
0: No. Yeah. Um and and you know we got another great and he is a guy that
1: has a bit of a different build.
0: He, he yeah. does. He does. Um l- let's get into that tight end situation here. Um Ian and and Vance McDonald will be your starter. Uh Xavier Grimble uh almost by default is your number two. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN today, he he said that uh, Zach Gentry is going to get that third spot just almost by um, super default, if you will. Uh, well, what, what do you got? What do you think of the tight ends?
1: I mean, uh, saying that Xavier Grimble is number two is uh, kind of fitting because he is a pile of crap. But um, <laughs> he, uh, I think, <laughs> I, I agree with, Your uh, lead there, given the current players we have on the roster, um, no one else has shown up very well. Kevin Rader was a guy who uh, generated some buzz in training camp, but his preseason has been marred by a fumble, uh, took uh, three or four holding penalties. So he just just hasn't shown up in the games in the way that you want him to show up in the game. So uh, Gentry caught one touchdown pass. His really sole value is being tall, but um, I, I, I really, I, I don't know what to say at this position. I mean, the, the best option, honestly, is to go find two tight ends on waivers or trades, um, but at I don't think one. they're going to do that. At least one, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to do that, though. So I think, like you said, Grimble kind of makes the team by default, especially since they signed him to a contract extension in the offseason. I know it was just a one-year deal, but it was still a, a contract. And the team generally does honor those players that they sign in the off yeah. Um which when we get into defense, we'll talk about Dan McCullers in the same way. Um, so I, I think Grimble does make the team. Uh, Gentry... There's There's been no one better than him on the roster right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the guy in New England. He may, he may make the 53-man roster, and yeah. then they may pick someone up on waivers the next day and shuffle him off to the practice squad, um, which would probably be the ideal spot for him. So uh, I yeah. think that's entirely right. possible that Gentry makes the 53 but is not on the roster when we go to New England.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, Ben, I know you want to jump in here um you know we we've talked numerous times on the show about the fact that we feel they definitely need to go and get somebody here in the next few days as as cuts start happening um but we we also have this feeling like it's not going to happen and uh it's just just really troubling to even have that feeling uh ben go ahead what what's your take on the tight ends
2: i uh i i don't agree that no one has outplayed Zach Gentry. I, I Zach Gentry hasn't done anything that's impressed me other than running around one play on a scramble drill and catching a touchdown pass. Uh, and, you know, great. You're a tall guy and you, you actually caught it. Mm-hmm. Your hands are suspect. You can't block. Um, I agree. Kevin Rader, you know, has the first game versus the Bucks. I thought he clearly outplayed Gentry. Yeah. Uh, Better since blocker. then, since then he hasn't done anything. He's done nothing to impress me and he has had the fumble. Um, so, you know, I, being fair to Xavier Grimble, he did have one really nice block in pass protection, uh, coming across the backfield and picking up a defensive lineman that had beaten Al and he, he had a really nice pass, pass block pickup. So I will give him that, uh, yeah. And he's had a drop and he's had a couple of nice catches, but, you know, nothing really outstanding. But, you know, he looks okay ish Uh, But, yeah, what they really need to do is sign one of the guys that Indy cuts if they cut him. You know, in all likelihood, I think what Indy's going to try and do this week is, say, Friday, they're going to try and trade one of their tight ends and, and get something to to build their team up. I mean, they, they need a quarterback now, so they probably need to try and, and get as much draft capital as they possibly can. Um, yeah,
0: that's a good point.
2: I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not optimistic about that and I'm really, really hopeful that McDonald can stay healthy. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if they ran a lot of pass plays out of double tights this year. And that seemed to be something they liked doing last year. So Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're just <laughs> the personnel is just not there to do it. No. Um, which, which goes back to your point about about keeping six wide receivers because there's going to be a lot of wide receivers on the field uh, at any given time. um The the, the final position uh, on offense that we need to talk about is the offensive line. And can I jump uh, in
1: one quick thing?
0: Yes, yes. The
1: the one thing I will mention with. Indianapolis trading a tight end. I mean, their top two guys both have $5 million base salaries. So Eric Ebron and uh, Jack Doyle are both at $5 million bases. And we have about four and change in cap space right now. So um, it's, you know, Getting one of those guys I've seen, you know, Jack Doyle's name floated out there a lot on Twitter mm, and some other crazy it. trade ideas. But we're yeah. we're tight up against it on the cap right now. I mean, we pretty much have to pick up someone on waivers. Yeah. They they'd have gonna, to you know, sign someone. Yeah.
2: I, I think they could they could trade for someone. They just they'd have to do a restructure and I, I'd have to look at the cap to to give you candidates for it, but it, it can be done. They can make as much room as they want to. They mm. just don't want to. They're not inclined to. And I, I get that too. Um so I'm not going to criticize them about that but I don't see Doyle getting traded and I don't see Eric Ebron getting traded. It'll be it'll be their fifth tight end that that they trade off to somebody for a sixth or seventh round draft pick.
0: Yeah and I you know just to add on to that I know I've seen Steelers fans talking about Jake Butt possibly from Denver. Um he he's having yet another knee operation. It's yep. like his third I think in the last what 14 months I mean poor guy yeah, horrible, horrible luck for that that young man. Um, but let, let's uh, talk offensive linemen, and and obviously the the starting offensive line is pretty set. I, I think we all agree. You've got you know Al DeCastro, Pouncy, Foster, and and of course Matt Filer uh, holding down that right tackle spot. Uh, Ian, who fills in from there? Because it, it it's a very intriguing situation when you look at the potential guys that could be there in terms of who has, uh, center experience and who doesn't.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a core four and Finney are, are most definitely making the team. A core four is going to be your swing tackle. He'll be your top backup at both spots. Finney's your top interior backup. Um, Beyond that, it really gets into a question of coaching because Mike Munchak was always able to convince them to keep nine offensive linemen. Uh, is Sean Surrett able to convince them to keep nine offensive linemen when most other teams keep eight? Uh, they traditionally only dress eight for game day. Sometimes only seven, seven. for game day. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, is it is it worth having nine offensive linemen if two of them aren't even going to dress for game day? Uh, that's a question they're going to have to answer moving forward. So I think those seven, the five you name, plus a, a core of Horn Finney are definitely making the team. And then one or two other guys, I I can't say for certain, I'll, I'll say they're definitely going to keep eight. I don't know if they're going to keep nine. Um, And the, you know, the, the sort of next tier of guys is probably Gerald Hawkins, uh, Fred Johnson and Zach Banner. Um, and then Derwin Gray, who they drafted at the end of the draft this year, he hasn't really shown a whole lot. He seems destined for the practice squad. Um, Gerald Hawkins has had an injury riddled Steelers career. This has really been the, you know, only, only time he's actually been able to be on the football field yeah. for more than a, a game. Um, but Fred Johnson's played really well, so and Zach Banner was a guy that seems like they liked. They carried him on their roster last year, so I, I really don't know which one of those three they'll take if they only keep eight. Um, they'll mm-hmm. probably want, want, want someone who can play both a guard or a tackle spot, uh, but I can't say for certain which
0: one it'll be. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Ben, are they going to keep nine? I think they will.
2: Yeah, I think they'll keep nine again because they've gotten good results out of keeping nine and developing, you know, not just practice squad level players, but guys that can make an F rosters mm-hmm. and, and the results kind of speak for themselves. The philosophy speaks for itself. So I, I think they'll continue doing so. Uh, there's no reason to change it. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. You know, it. yep, one of those deals. Um, You know, at some point during the season, if they need an extra roster spot, then yeah, maybe they'll they'll make a switch. They'll make a change. But right out of the gate. No, I think they'll keep nine. And I I think the the ninth offensive lineman will be Fred Johnson and Zach Banner. Um, Hawkins hasn't done much to impress me, which really sucks. It's really disappointing because they they really saw him. Well, they saw him as a they saw him as a future left tackle, and they, and they they yeah. really thought he had a a promising future. And I don't know if he's practice squad eligible, to be honest. At this point, he might be, he might not. Um, and Derwin Gray looks I mean, to be I a guy. never every
1: year on IR,
2: yeah, Derwin, well, two years, two years. Last year he was, the year before he was yeah. sixteen games on the roster. Um, Derwin Gray looks to be a guy they can develop into a guard. Uh, he he did some nice things.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and and he just looks like he's just stronger than get out i mean he just uh, yeah he looks like it anyway
0: yeah
2: i Uh, think he's he's technically he's not very sound yet so he's going to need some work and then patrick morris is still at athletic center that they like but just isn't quite there yet he's not quite a guy that you know is going to make the roster so i think he's on the practice squad um, and my question really is whether or not they keep two or three offensive linemen on the practice squad, which every year for the last five, they've kept nine offensive linemen and two on the practice squad. So it's yeah. a big group.
0: It is, and it's it's been a, a very intriguing group to watch just because of, of those, you know, the Fred Johnson, the Zach Banner, who's improved, lost all that weight. So, um, again, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh and uh Ian let's flip it over to the defense here um defensive line I this isn't going to require a whole lot of conversation here is it yeah
1: <laughs> maybe maybe a little okay. um I maybe mean I, the, the top the, the top four are set in stones Hayward Hargrave to it and After that, you know, like we mentioned with, uh, uh, Xavier Grimble, uh, Dan McCullers, they signed to a, a, an extension, um, or uh, re-signed to a new contract this year. So he's probably the fifth defensive lineman, even though he doesn't really do a whole lot. Um. Isaiah Bugs was a late round pick. Um, Mondu's actually shown some flashes. So they'll probably keep one of those guys on the practice squad. Um, they may keep, they traditionally have kept six defensive linemen. Um, and I know something that we've talked a lot about is kind of depending on the health of the outside linebacker situation, do they keep an extra outside linebacker at the beginning of the year at the expense of potentially a sixth defensive lineman? Um, which is something we can get into here. But I mean, I think that the top five are pretty well set. And I, I really would be shocked if Dan McCullers doesn't make the roster, even though he hasn't done a whole lot either.
0: Boy, you know, I I listened to uh, uh, the game uh, in in transit on on Sunday, and, uh, you know, Tunch and Wolf and and Bill Hillgrove and stuff, and they just loved what Dan McCullers was doing on Sunday night. And when I sat down and actually watched it, I was kind of like, okay, all right, he looks like he's got a little more – you know, giddy up in his step, but I, I still just am not seeing uh, the things that they hoped. I think he was going to potentially he, be.
2: He gets and, in the way too often. He gets in the way, yeah, far too often. You know, he's a guy who doesn't move down the line, and he keeps the guys that are pursuing from his right or left getting to where they need to be. So it's, I, I don't know. He's so immobile. That's my issue with Dan. As far as like mm-hmm. taking up space and difficult to run through, sure, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. He is. But but that's it. He's a nose tackle only and he's a nose tackle on a team that runs its base thirty four twenty eight percent of the time last year, and that number's falling. Yeah. So he doesn't have a lot falling. of value. Doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of value except for, you know, in short yardage situations and in, in the base defense. But, yeah, I agree with Ian. I, I think he makes the team. I don't see anybody who's outplayed him to this point. And, you know, Bugs looks to me like he might make the team. But if I'm doing cuts and I look at the fact that Anthony Ciccolo and Ola Denyi are both injured, mm-hmm. uh I'm concerned about my depth at outside linebacker. I'm keeping an extra outside linebacker and 2 our skipper at least for a few weeks, and I'm cutting a defensive lineman. And that guy is likely Isaiah Buggs. So I think, and I'm just – you know this is just an educated mm-hmm. guess, really. Yeah. I think they're going to go in with five defensive linemen this year at least to start the season. And they'll keep an extra one on the practice
0: squad. Bugs reminds me of a guy that should start the year on the practice squad, but because of just the way things are falling, he might actually make the roster. But, and that leads us into the linebackers with, as you said, Chick is is hurt and so is is Ola. Uh, I, I, I'm in agreement, and Ian, I'll throw this over to you. I think Tuzar Skipper has to get on this roster at least for a few weeks, doesn't he? I, I agree. I mean, he's shown up every time he's been on the field, and
1: I know that Tomlin tried to downplay it a little bit the first week, saying, oh, you know, he made all his plays between the, whatever, 81st and 90th snap of the game, so we'll see how yeah. he does against stiffer competition, but, I mean, every time he's been on the field, he's making plays, so I, and like Ben mentioned with the injuries, I really think that, you know, you could potentially only go into New England with, Two healthy outside linebackers and and Dupree. If if Ciccolo and Ola are both injured, you know I think you have to keep um, Tuzar Skipper on the roster to, to head to New England um, and, and just to have Dupree. a third healthy body there.
0: Don't forget too that Dupree now has a banged up thumb, uh, so you know he says he's fine. He's going to wrap man. that I, up. They'll wrap it yeah, oh, up. They, and he'll play. But yeah, Ola, they will
2: Ola will definitely be out the first couple of weeks of the yes. season and Chick. I don't. Who knows? He's got this mystery chest injury that you know Tomlin doesn't have to be specific about. So we have no idea. We can only speculate as to the severity of it Mm -hmm. and and when he'll be back. Because every time Tomlin's asked about it, he says, "Yeah, he's day to day." Next,
0: (laughs) I I think Chick his chest injury comes from all those um, um, bodybuilding poses he does when he sticks his tongue out in the locker room. I wonder if that's when that happened. Uh, But anyway, I digress. Where else are we looking at the linebackers? We know Watt. We know Dupree. You know, yeah, so you got to go inside. Barron, Bush, Williams. Oh, boy. I mean. Maticavich. Maticavich is the Dan Smith golden boy, right, Ian? Yeah, he is.
1: And not only that, I mean, Madikiewicz has made a few plays on defense in the preseason too. I mean, I I think he's been around long enough and you're right. He is the special teams golden boy now um, that uh, he makes the team based on special teams ability alone. And and I think you have to keep Ulysses Gilbert. I mean, Gilbert's done enough in the preseason that it's a justify his draft pick i know that was one that we all kind of questioned at the time it was made like why did they trade up for devin bush and then spend another late round pick on an inside linebacker but gilbert's shown up on the field and shown why uh you know he was deserving of a draft pick so i think i think he's making the roster too
0: sorry are you looking at 10 ian I,
1: I am. Yeah. I think you got to yeah. keep 10. Um, and I know that's traditionally not what the Steelers do, but I think because of the injuries on the outside, they don't really have a, a swing guy this year, like, in, say, an Arthur Motes that could play inside or outside if they need to. Um, so I, I think you're in a position where you have to keep 10 uh, just because, uh, you know, you, you need Skipper right. to have three healthy bodies in New England on the outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ben. Uh, they gonna they gonna go with ten or stay at nine? No, I I think ten. I that's
2: that's what I've been saying yeah. for oh, a little bit over a week. And and what happened this last week didn't change my my thoughts on that at all. The Titans game where you know you knew Wale well was gonna be out and and right speculated that Chicolo would be out and then he comes out in the street clothes and it's like okay yeah I mean I pretty much I pretty much thought at that point if Skipper had a good game and he showed out again that if he had a good game that that he would make the roster and I still feel that way um, and it's just it's both he's done some things some good things on the field and they really need that extra body
0: yeah I agree I, I I'm I'm sold on 10 I think that's where they have to go due to the injuries um, these are also guys that can that can obviously play on special teams as well so i i, I like that and uh i think that's what i'm going to stick with too um secondary um joe hayden okay write it in steve nelson um mike hilton sean davis uh terrell edmonds where else ian who, who else is back there uh, Artie Burns is making the team. He was the starting gunner on the
1: special teams unit, so I, yeah. I don't see any way that Artie doesn't make it. Um, Justin Lane probably makes it just because of the draft capital that they invested in him. Um, sure. I think Craig Erick yeah. in 2009 was the last time a third-round pick didn't make the team, and they had three third-round picks that year. Uh, so... Then it leaves Cam Sutton. Um, Edmonds is making the team. Cam Kelly at safety is definitely making the team too. So that's that's nine guys right there. The one question I wanted to throw out there is, do you, do you think there's – I mean, they're definitely keeping four safeties, so it's probably going to be Dangerfield over Marcus Allen. Um, do you think there's any way that Mike Hilton doesn't make this team?
0: Whew, Ben, I'll let you
2: tackle that one. No. I agree. No, I don't think so. And it's just because – they don't have enough depth at that nickelback position. Um, I won't be shocked if Hilton's not the starter. Opening week, that won't shock me at all. Uh, he's had a few boneheaded plays where he's he's gotten caught peeking into the backfield, not paying attention to where the, the receiver is, and giving up long plays, giving up touchdowns. Um, but you know, they just they just don't have. The guys there, they don't have the horses to be able to say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to cut a Mike Hilton, who's played well in the past. Uh, Artie Burns, I I agree. He's definitely going to make the team. Um, He's played pretty well in the preseason. He's already been advanced over half of his total compensation. No, I'm sorry, about half his total compensation for this year. Um, They're not just going to walk away from that money. Um, Cam Sutton's played well. Uh, Marcus Allen hasn't. Jordan Dangerfield's played okay. Uh, Cam Kelly has played pretty respectably at free safety, and I think he's got it. Um, yeah, the guy. The other
1: thing about Kelly, I'll mention is that, you know, Kelly has, after Sean Davis went down, Kelly was playing first team reps the whole time, and they really didn't shuttle anyone else in and give anyone else first team reps. So, I mean, it's pretty much been that Kelly was the number three safety throughout all of training camp. Lane has looked, um, I don't know.
2: Not good. Uh, he he looks okay in bump uh, when he can keep yeah. keep his hands on the receiver when he can keep keep him in front of him, keep track of him. He looks fine. He he looks really bad in off man coverage and, and in zone. Um, so he's gonna have to learn to do that. So I my feeling is he's probably gonna be a, a bottom of the depth chart cornerback this season. Uh, the guy I'm really disappointed in is PJ Locke. I really thought that he would come in and he would do some things and. The couple times that I thought I saw him make a play on special teams, it was Benny Snell.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I made that mistake once. <laughs> I was
2: like, oh, it's luck. No, it's not. It's Snell. Never mind.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's <laughs> funny you mention him. I expected more out of him too. I, I really liked his tape from the aspect of a guy that yeah. was just going to pound the crap out of you, you know, yeah. uh, downhill. I didn't expect anything uh, from him in terms of being able to cover anybody, but I, I definitely thought and- we'd, we'd hear more of him. Yeah, and ask you, Henry.
2: You you really thought one of them was going to make it as a fifth safety and a and a special teams demon, and and neither one of them has impressed at all. And Marcus Allen looks worse this year than he did last. And you know he's bulked up, he's bigger, but he's his play is is not good. So he's got to be headed to the practice squad, right? Marcus Allen, maybe. I maybe I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't just get outright cut to be perfect. Well, personally, I mean, that's
0: what I do with him, but I don't think they will. I think they'll put him on the practice squad. But
2: the uh, guy who's who's made him superfluous really is is Mark Barron. because uh, Mark Barron has got versatility in as much as he can play dimebacker. he can play strong safety in a pinch, and he can play linebacker. And when you've got a guy who can do all of that, it makes it, you know a problem to keep an extra guy who really is a box safety slash dimebacker only. And he's not a good dimebacker. Marcus Allen is who I'm speaking to. Uh, He's just, he's not even good at that. He's, he's terrible in coverage. So I don't know if I even keep him. Um, And if I do keep him, I tell him to cut weight and we need to work on his quickness because the the weight he's put on has hurt his play.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I, I saw it. Um, in that first or second preseason game when he was forced to cover guys going across the middle and he couldn't keep up. Um, and and so I, I, I'm i with you. Um, Ian, uh, we got just enough time left here to cover the specialists. Um, I, I think we're all in agreement. Cam Candidate returns as your long snapper. Uh, Jordan Berry as the punter and and also the holder for Chris Boswell, who it looks like will retain his job as the place kicker, your thoughts?
1: I agree with all that. I don't see anything that Boswell has done to lose his job this preseason. Um, it's been a good competition. They gave Matthew Wright a fair shot. Uh, I, I really wish that Jordan Berry uh, had any competition. I, I mean, Jordan Berryman's or, or Ian Berryman. Sorry, wow, yeah. I messed that up. Guy's my own name. I, Ian Berryman's been all right, uh, but there's just been a couple small things where you you notice the difference. um Directional punting was one of them in the last. Uh, or not the last game, the Kansas City game, uh, you know, Berryman tried to to pin them along the sideline and and punted it out of bounds at the 30-yard line instead of getting it down inside the 20. And that's something that the Steelers really value is that directional punting ability that Jordan Berry has despite his lack of leg strength. So, uh, you know, I I just think Berry's still got the roster spot.
0: Yeah, same. And uh, Ben, close it out for us. Any thoughts on the uh, specialists? No, status quo. Nope, I'm with you, and uh, Steelers will again play tomorrow night, on Thursday that is, uh, in Carolina, final preseason game, Dobbs and Rudolph will take care of the first half, and uh, Devlin Duck Hodges will take care of the second half, according to what we've been told, and so hopefully everybody stays healthy, and uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of good young men are not going to be uh, uh, kept in Steelers uniforms past Saturday, and it's a shame, but that's football, that's the NFL. Uh, So hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you give us a good rating and all that stuff on whatever platform you listen. But uh, for Ben and Ian, this is Steel Dead signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And, hey, go Steelers.